Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Orange Power Half Hour. Um, I'm Shelby Myers. I'm here with my dad, as always, Shane Smithin. And dad, we uh, we got a special one this weekend. Um, the Pokes take down the Sooners in the very last bedlam, 24 to 27. Uh, it was emotional. It was stressful. It was euphoric. What other words you got? Uh, it's it's the kind of special game where a person who is as pregnant as you are goes over the wall for the post game celebration. So what am I going to do? Not go over the wall? To the two or three, the field? To, to the two or three listeners we have that aren't family members that might not know, my my daughter is exceptionally pregnant. In fact, she's going in to to have a baby this evening, but uh, <laughs> in her extraordinarily pregnant condition. Went over the wall, and Shelby, I just heard today from a local banker uh, that that you made Channel Five news with that with that <laughs> stunt. I I didn't see it, but uh, uh, your 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 pregnancy uh, and exuberance following the game is is now famous. Well, I you know loyal and true as ever. But you know, get, getting beyond it, which it was, it was an awesome thing for for us personally, obviously sure. as a family because of of how invested we are. But I think that's the way. You know, most Oklahoma State fans feel um, this series, you know, look, it, it, it's it's where it is for a reason. Right. Uh, the University of Oklahoma committed to college football as a business decision years and years and years ago. Uh, right. They're in a major metropolitan area. You know, they, they've got uh, they they, you know, produce lawyers and doctors from their school. They've had more money from from the beginning of time. The truth of the matter is Oklahoma State didn't even. Uh, you know, that didn't even step into um, a competitive stance really in college football until Boone Pickens made his big gift. So right. for, you know, a hundred and whatever years, we're, we're going into that fight with one hand tied behind our back now. Right. You know, even though, even though the, the series has remained, you know, lopsided over the last 15 or 20 years, it's become far, far more competitive. And, and I don't care what uh, OU fan you talk to, um, Oklahoma State has made huge inroads in in terms of uh, where they stand vis-a-vis the University of Oklahoma. They can continue to say they get more four stars, five stars, whatever. If that's the case, then our guys are doing a heck of a lot better job identifying players and developing players because this game for the past 15 years, you know, has been extremely competitive. And, you know, Absolutely. Cowboys have won two of the last three and you know, for Cowboy fans, you know, old, I guess, like me that, that grew up, you know, taking a bunch of grief, uh, you know, from other little kids at school or whatever else, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, it's always Oklahoma State people are just typically it's it's not, you know, it, it's it's not trying to pick a fight or be ugly about it. But there there are a lot of OU bandwagon fans. Oklahoma State fans typically went to school there and oftentimes their parents went to school there. The kids went mm-hmm. to school there. And so anytime anybody's ever said anything derogatory to me about Oklahoma State, they were talking about my family. You know, right. they were talking about you. They were talking about my parents. They're talking about, you know, yeah. uh, literally my family. Oklahoma State is, for for most of us, I think, an extension of our family. And so with, with all that, you know, with all that uh, emotion tied up into it, and then you sprinkle on top of it the fact that OU and Texas – uh, you know, make a deal in the middle of the night to sneak out to the SEC and they leave the rest of the Big 12 conference, uh, you know, right. in in the lurch uh, and, and put us in a position where 
we literally, you know, with for for a couple of months following that announcement, Oklahoma State didn't know if, if we were going to find a conference home. We didn't know if we were going right. to have a TV partner. Um, and so to to win two out of the last three, to to have a chance to keep, you know, OU and, and maybe people help help us keep Texas out of it, too. But, you know, to keep OU out of the big game since they announced they were leaving just seems like a lot of really good karma to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one for the good guys, for sure. Um, I agree with all the points that you, that you made. And I know we've heard a lot of the, you know, of the, the fallout, I guess, from, from Sooner Nation, um, or whatever you want to call it, uh, post game of, you know, how, how lopsided the whole series has been, which to that point, you can argue the, whole series of Bedlam is not lopsided at all. In fact, we take the cake um, when you talk about Bedlam across the board. And then to touch on the lopsidedness again, back to your point, you know, it's not very lopsided if you if you start counting from the time that we really started to um, to pour into our football program and to try to be one of the, you know, one of the top schools out there in football. So um, I'm glad we could go out on the on the top. It feels it feels good. It feels right. Um, and uh, I'm excited for for how this trajects us into the next three weeks and trying to get to that Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I mean the you know the from the bedlam standpoint, you know I, I I do have I have a little bit of sadness just because as you said we we've just now really gotten to the point where where it's a fair fight and so now that now that we have uh, both arms available for the fist fight, I, I kind of hate to see him go. You want some more? <laughs> but but you know at the same time, um, you know we hey their fan base is what it is and 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 they're no fun to deal with. Um, you know, the the media attention they get is to me is, is somewhat, uh, you know, ridiculous and certainly lopsided. So I am I'm excited to see what path we might forge for ourselves, sure. you know, in this new Big 12. And then and to your point of, of trying to, to win out here and get ourselves in the in the conference title game, uh, you know, again, it's just another we've been saying it for three or four weeks now. It's the most unbelievable turnaround within a college Insane. football season that I've, that I've ever seen. I, I saw somebody comment on the, the pistols firing website. A guy said, uh, you know, he said, Mike Gundy's worst coaching performance and his best po- coaching performance have come in the same season. And I think you yep. can, that you can make a little bit of an argument for that. Uh, certainly, yeah. we, you know, we, we didn't have, we didn't have any direction and, and no, identity no identity and yep. continuity or anything else to, now you've rattled off six conference games in a row and and you've done it against the against the better teams in the conference right. so it's a, a, just a unbelievable turnaround right and we'll look forward um towards the end of the uh, show here but um we've we've got ourselves you know we've got plenty to focus on and i and i will talk about this i'm sure but we we will have to to go ahead and move forward after this very emotional win but going back to to this win and kind of the um to break it down a little bit, um, starting with the offensive side of the ball. I thought um, Alan Bowman played a incredibly steady game. I think he is Mr. Mister Reliable. Um, I think we always know what we're going to get out of him, and I think he takes care of the football very well, um, which I think was crucial in Saturday's game. Obviously, we won the turnover battle, which which I think it helped us um, 
stay on top. Obviously, it's, we're only looking at a three-point um, victory here, so we had to take care of the football. And I think he's the I think he's the right man for the job. He just did a fantastic job. You know, there were some people setting up around where we were, and I know throughout the stadium, you know, that were getting really frustrated when he would throw those balls away. And we've talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit um, throughout sure. the year on this podcast that. You know, it seems like he flushes the pocket sometimes when he doesn't have to and maybe gives up on a play, uh, you, you know, before before he uh, should. But as I'm watching that game the other day, it I think it finally dawned on me. This guy is doing uh, not only the smart thing um, and not only the thing mm-hmm. that suits his ability, he's doing the thing that suits this football team. I think he understands – what this offense is and what it isn't. And and this is not the Oklahoma State offense of the last 15 years where you had a, uh, a Mason Rudolph, um, you know, James Washington two-play, sure. you know, 78-yard drive in two seconds. We don't do that. This is a team that that is relying primarily on its on its run game mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and has become a team that's relying on ball control. It is not a big play, uh, certainly a big pass play, offense and so what does that so mean right. that means that means you don't need to play behind the chains you don't need second and 13 you don't need third and 15 and alan bowman's decision making and getting outside the pocket and dumping stuff off when when it doesn't develop right away is keeping that from happening you know he yeah he could he hang in there in the pocket sure could he step up in the pocket yeah maybe if he steps up steps up in the pocket he gets a a defensive end from the blind side that hits him mm-hmm. and he turns the ball over or he takes an eight-yard sack and then we're not good enough to overcome that down and distance. So him keeping us on schedule, I think, uh, just, you know, is huge. And then uh, just say nothing of the fact that, you know, he wasn't just a game manager. I mean, he, he, he you know, he played. G- Dylan Gabriel had the third highest uh, QBR going into this game in, in college football. He threw for 344 yards and 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 Bowman matched him three right. 334. I mean, he's within 10 yards of him. And yeah. And so he just neutralized him. And th- then on top of that, he didn't have a sack, which Gabriel did. He didn't have a fumble, which Gabriel did. He didn't have a pick, which Gabriel did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yeah, just I think we're finding out this kid's way more than a game manager. He's he's a gamer. Yeah, and I know we've talked about him flushing the pocket, like you said, um, in prior episodes. But I also would like to point out that you know we're also winning. Um, so it's it, it taking care of the football. It's it's working. You know, it's it's putting us on the right side of the um of the scoreboard at the end of the day. And I know you want to talk about this because you have told anybody that will listen about the game saving sideline tackle, um, that oh he gosh. produced, and I I think that's. I think you should go ahead and touch on that because I think that also is um, is very obvious to who Bowman is as a player. Yeah, I mean we we run the trick play and Ollie Gordon makes the the ill advised pass down the down the field. I mean I I rewatched it. I saw what he saw. If he throws a, a ninety eight mile an hour fastball in there, Rashad Owens is open, but he got a little too much air under it. It gets picked, and um, and Billy Bowman. Uh, OU's Bowman uh, has the ball and he's he's up the uh, the north sideline and to go get for, six for for all intents and purposes he's gone I mean he is gone except there is one human being wearing black and orange that has a chance to stop him and it's Alan Bowman and Alan Bowman did the, the most perfect job of uh, executing the sideline tackling drill that I've seen anybody do ever uh, mm-hmm. and he's not a defensive player 
But that was absolutely critical because, you know, uh, Billy Bowman's gone otherwise and, and OU's up by more than seven, you know, fairly late in the game. And uh, I just thought that was that was a huge, huge play, um, as was his as was his touchdown run. You know, uh, everybody went into this game talking about Dylan Gabriel and his yeah. threat of running the football. He didn't really hurt Oklahoma State running the football, but. But Alan Bowman, that 13-yard run on the on the draw, which was you know, just a, a fantastic call and a great read by Bowman. Uh, but that's an athletic play, and you know, just so so two things in addition to what he did throwing the football. You know, his defensive play and then a play with his legs. Um, I thought those were huge, and and then I think you've touched on this a little bit, Shelby, but just. Alan Bowman's leadership overall. For sure. Um, yep. I mean, these guys are playing hard for him. I, I yep. think that's one of the reasons that we've seen the improvement we've seen over the last few weeks. And when he I mean, just I've gets just, it right, he just, he, for some, I, for he has no reason to get what it means to be a cowboy and he somehow gets it. Yeah. We, we've, we, uh, you know, we talk about that all the time. People that, you know, there are people who get it and people who don't. They get mm -hmm. what it's like to be orange. This guy has spent time at Texas Tech. He spent time at Michigan. Yet earlier this season, he comes into a postgame interview, uh, you know, rocking Terry Miller's jersey. He comes in rocking the old 55 uh, uh, Bob Fenimore jersey. And, and most appropriately, following Saturday's Bedlam game, he shows up in a Josh Fields game-worn uh, uh, OSU Jersey. And, and he knows the history, right? He's done his homework. He said, mm -hmm. Hey, yeah, Josh Fields, you know, uh, two-time Bedlam winner. He, he didn't yeah. pick that by accident. You know, uh, he, he tweeted out after the game that this one was for all the former, you know, players that have come before him. I mean, this guy has, has bought in to Oklahoma state's, uh, history, uh, and, and he's become part of Oklahoma state's legacy. Yeah, I don't think it's any um any shock or shouldn't be any shock to anybody that, you know, everybody seems to to have improved so much um over the last several weeks under his leadership. I think um he he's I think he's helped keep the locker room where it is. And I think, you know, I saw I don't know if you saw Ollie's um state brother shirt with him and um Alan Bowman's face on it, and I saw Alan dabbing up the o-line after the game and i just think that it's all it's all working now and i think he's the center of that um so i'm excited to see what he can do in the next three games but it is fun it's fun for you and i especially as people who who get what it means to be orange to to watch somebody come in and have just zero zero reason to to fully dive in especially these days i feel like it, it's very rare with the transfer portal and and the nil and all that hoopla i think it's very rare for somebody to come in or a young person to come in and really buy into a program he has completely done that and so he's he's been a lot of fun to watch for sure and just and and what a great i mean he's he's a great story for oklahoma state he's a great asset for us for all the thing reasons that you just said but what a what a great story for him too, right? I mean, this is a kid. Some people don't know his history. You know, he he had two horrific injuries. He had uh, a punctured lung twice. I mean, that's that's really what knocked him out of the the starting lineup after a really really good freshman year or partial freshman year at, at Texas Tech. So, you know, there there were times where I'm sure medically he didn't think he'd be able to right. play football again. And then once he did finally recover, 
you know, he was uh, used good, so to speak, and, and, you know, holding a clipboard at Michigan and probably thought, I'm never going to get a chance again to, to show what I can do. So, so, you know, happy for Oklahoma State and happy for Alan Bowman. That has been uh, that has been a real portal blessing. Yep. And, you know, we're, we've hyped up Bowman and I want to move on to hype up um, Rashad Owens. And while Bowman did play a very good game on Saturday, he uh, helped um, Owens get a few highlights because we had some crazy, crazy balls thrown at him. But I think that kid can play. And I know we've said this a couple times in prior episodes, but um, Rashad Owens is I don't know where he came from. I wasn't expecting him to have a, a year that he's had, but um, even the first ball that that Bowman throws is high and he bats it down to himself. And I think he was just crucial in in our win on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give us credit. We were kind of ahead of the hounds maybe on Rashad because we were hyping him up after the first couple of games. And I, I liked that kid from the time I'd seen him as a freshman. Um, you know, he, he wasn't getting a lot of opportunities, but the thing you noticed about him was, Every time he came into the game, if he touched the ball, he caught the ball. Right. Uh, and I, I don't know what else you can ask of a guy. And then uh, he just had been so solid throughout this season and um, just very workmanlike in his approach and everything else. And then this last Saturday, he, he turns into, uh, you know, uh, uh, an, an all-pro receiver and, and making not only the routine catch, but making the circus catch, the big catch, the clutch catch. He, he did it all. Ten catches, 136 yards. And – um, again, kind of like Bowman uh, did such a good job to offset Dylan Gabriel's performance. You know, Drake Stoops, if OU wins the game, Drake Stoops is probably the player of the, the week sure. in the Big 12. Yep. He had a, a huge day, and I'm telling you, that kid can can flat-out play. And uh, and Rashad Owens, uh, you know, he, he kept Drake Stoops from being a cowboy killer by being a Sooner Slayer himself. And, Heck, um, yeah. Uh, you know, breaking tackles after the catch. I mean, he's just – he's so strong with his body. He does a great job of, of positioning and using his big body uh, to, to wall guys off, but yet he still has the athleticism to climb the ladder and, and catch passes like that first one you mentioned, the one mm-hmm. that he that he batted to himself. Maybe his get, uh, best almost catch was on the, uh, the, the interference when Oklahoma State's mm-hmm. on the 97-yard yep. drive. And, and he gets interfered with and still and leaves his feet and almost came up with that ball. Right. Yeah. And what a what a crucial time for us to have somebody to have a receiver, you know, step up and be able to make some of those crazy plays when we're when when we're going against a defense who's packing the box, obviously trying to stop Ollie, which we'll touch on. Um and you know, that'll be the new M that'll be the new MO for the rest of the year is people packing the packing the box on us. So we're gonna have to have receivers come up and make plays and I, I don't I don't think we win the game if we don't have Rashad Owens in there on Saturday no, no number 10 has been a he has been a dude all season long and and we're again lucky to have him and and l- lucky that that kid had you, you know you've touched on it a couple of times today you know loyalty and, and commitment in today's uh college football game is tough to find and and this is right. a kid who could have easily jumped into the portal and and, you know, gone somewhere else where he could have got more playing time. And going yep. into this season, he's not a starter going into the season. He's a backup, you know, and, and due to injuries, uh, he gets, he gets you know, um, he gets thrown into the to the lead there. And, man, has he now, he's done a great job of being ready to play, and he's never looked back. Yeah, he is uh, fun to watch, um, and I hope he continues to be. Um, but I talked about giving um, – 
having him give Ollie some some relief, but we've got to talk about Ollie because he also has no business um ending the day with 137 yards with a packed box, a crazy game, emotional game. So so much is there and after being I think he's now the back to back to back to back Big 12 yeah. offensive player of the year is four is that right? That's right. Um, and when all eyes are on you, I think I think everybody, you know, started to listen to the hubbub after when he was maybe back to back and then maybe a little bit more, but there was a lot of pressure on him for this game and and for the O-line um to to come up with some decent stats. You know, he's taught we're I think we're officially in the Heisman um race, at least on the we're at least on the ballot. Maybe we get a trip to New York City for him out of it. Um, but I just thought that for him to come up with obviously he had the one interception on the trick play. Um but I can I can forgive him for that for his 137 yards because I think you said this, but I think he had to get at least 100 for us to have a chance, um, and that that seemed to be the case. Yeah, I I mean, Ollie is just he he's amazing, and I, I think you know the first thing I'm going to say is how great is it that we're sitting here talking about uh, Bedlam post Bedlam and the Big Twelve back to back to back to back player of the week is the third guy we've talked about on the offensive <laughs> right. side of the ball, you know, right. I mean, that, that's, that's awesome in and of itself. It's a but, good sign. but you're, you're right. It was an all out sellout by OU to, to try to stop the run and, and Brent Venables, you know, what, whatever anybody might think about him as a head coach to this stage, uh, you know, fairly early in his, in his career as a head coach has been a proven uh, and, and incredibly successful defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and, you know, as talented as as OU is, at least if you if you listen to Dean Blevins, they've got all the best players in the world yeah. every year. So, yep. uh, with that kind of talent and that kind of uh, defensive uh, coaching uh, ability, um, and and five weeks notice of of what Oklahoma State is and what they're going to try to do, you would have thought uh, that they would have been able to shut Ollie down, and you just. You can contain him, but you you can't completely stop him. And he just keeps coming. He just keeps running hard. And um, I, I thought maybe because of the circumstances and because of how many guys though you put in the box, I thought this one thirty six or one thirty seven was was maybe better than some of his two hundred yard performances. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely more. Um, had we fought for, he fought for every yard for sure to to get that high of a number. Um. And I, I think it's reassuring to us as um, fans that, you know, hopefully in the weeks moving forward, we saw, I mean, that's a, you're right. That's a good defensive club and they're, they're well coached. Um, So hopefully moving forward, he can, he can find a way to, to keep getting 137 plus at least. um, Cause I think we'll need it to win, to win these last couple ball games we got coming up. So um, yeah, another and, person. You know, well, I mean, I just was going to finish up on Ollie yeah, real quick. He, the kid, you know, just talking about his season now, he's over 1,200 yards on the season after having essentially played in six games, which is un, it's just crazy. He's he's ahead statistically on less carries of where Derrick Henry was the year Derrick Henry won the Heisman for Alabama. That's nice. his sixth straight game uh, uh, with over 120 yards rushing. You know, he had two more rushing touchdowns. Um you know, no nobody has ever been back to back to back to back offensive Big Twelve player of the of the of the week. Um, 
just in, incredible. And, and 33 carries. I mean, you think about that, getting beat on the way he was getting beat on. with Oh, absolutely. Eight, eight guys coming to tackle you every yep. time. And you tote the mail 33 times and, and, and don't put the ball on the ground. That is impressive stuff. I'm so glad you said that because that is a point that every OSU fan needs to needs to realize and and thank the big man, man upstairs for. But he Ollie is so tough. Everybody's going to talk about what a great runner he is, and he is um, obviously his stats speak for themselves. But to I think you told me this um, when I asked you what it was like to to play football. You said something usually hurts after every play and you just get back up and and keep going. And I can't imagine how many things hurt Ollie every time he's at the bottom of the, of the tackle with a bunch of linemen laying on him. Um, but he, he's hungry for the game. He loves it. I, I think you can tell by his body language. Um, he likes, he likes being in the battle and he likes, um, being the one, uh, to kind of lead the charge. So, uh, I'm glad you touched on that. I've been wanting to say that for a couple of weeks, but he's just, he's a baller and he's tough. And he, he's one of those rare finds that I think likes the dog fight. Yeah. And his, his enthusiasm and love for the game and, and just his, just his enthusiasm in general is in fact, is it's infectious and in you can see those other guys respond to it. I, I just I love everything about him. Yep. Um, moving on to the to touch on the receivers a little bit more. I know we talked about Rashad Owens. He ends with 136. Um, but Brennan Presley had a sneaky 97 yards. That I don't think I really caught when we were at the game. Um, but 97 yards is is huge and and had to have been beneficial um, on our side of the ball. And Leon Johnson um, also ends up with 70. Um, so I'll take that for sure. I know. Um, Leon obviously got his red shirt pulled uh, this with Bedlam, um, so I'm sure that was a unique circumstance for him to be in. But um, like I've touched on, we are going to need some receivers to step up and make some plays. So hopefully those guys can continue to do so. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought up both those guys. Those are the other two guys I had made some notes about, and Brennan Presley. You know, it was funny, and and maybe we're spoiled with respect to Brennan Presley. He's been there a long time, and and again, has just been a consistent playmaker. I I noticed him, you know, during the game live, but I really noticed him when I went back and watched it again mm-hmm. on television, because not only did he make some big time plays, but he made some big time plays at critical times. And you know, a couple that that come to mind are, um, you know, when we have a critical third down and and we complete the ball to him where it's a it's a 50 50 ball the defensive back's got his hands on it and is about twice brennan's size brennan like everybody is yeah he not only wrestles the ball away from the guy but then backpedaling with another defender a second defender that comes and gets on him he drives those guys running backwards four yards to pick up the first down at, at an absolutely critical time and then I can think of two other times where he caught the ball short of the line to gain and, and gave ground, you know, to find some open space. And uh, he just has a gift for that most times. Yeah, he does. Uh, if I see uh, one of our guys running backwards, I'm going to yell at him and tell him to get upfield. Brendan Presley has – he's got a pass to run wherever he wants, and mm-hmm. we have got to continue. If I've got a criticism, it's probably that we we haven't found more ways to get him in sure. space. I, I one of those fourth down plays, you know, I, I can understand handing the ball to, to Ollie. You got a Heisman Trophy candidate for, for crying right. out loud. But 
I would have liked to have seen one of those fourth down plays be the jet sweep that we've run to Presley in the goal line a couple of times in, in uh, those sort of situations because I just don't think you can tackle the kid in space. And then yep. uh, and then Leon Johnson, not only his, you know, his effort, but his his sacrifice for this football team. Sure. You know, he, Leon Johnson didn't do what was best for Leon Johnson by no. playing in this football game. No, he did what was best for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And um, you know, he had he could have said, Hey, I'm not gonna play. I'm gonna I'm gonna save myself an entire year. That's better for me, gives me a better chance to to make it to the league. And and he didn't do that. You know, he said, Hey, if this is what the team needs, I'm not I'm not only gonna be out there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ball out and I'm gonna play. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And 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 in a crucial time, I mean, I don't I don't think we pull off the victory without um without him or or Presley. And another thing to touch on, um Presley really quick that he won't probably get any love on, but we are offensively, we're running all kinds of motion and Presley is running a hundred yards before the plays even snapped almost every play. Um, and I know he's, you know, athletic as heck, so it's probably not that big of a deal to him, but I get tired just watching him run around. Um, he's, he's making things I think a lot trickier on the defense and, and trying to relieve some of that pressure um, in the box and, and then maybe also get getting creative on how to get our receivers open. So um, hats off to those guys for, for working so hard. Um, I was pretty happy yeah, overall offensively. Well, yeah, I, I, Brennan's got to be in tremendous shape to, to finish right. that point off, but yeah, uh, the, the offense I, I thought played pretty well, essentially, you know, the, if you look at the offense's statistics against OU, it was kind of a wash, you know, 334 to 344 passing 148 rushing to 146 rushing. Uh, you know, they had 492 total. We, we had 480. Uh, I, I thought the statistics that made the difference in this game are a couple of statistics that I would typically have told you over the last 15 years of OSU offensive football that are the most useless statistics on the planet. And that's, uh, you know, offensive snap count and time of possession. Um, you know, because again, as, as we mentioned earlier, you know, you go back to the Brandon Whedon and, and uh, Mason Rudolph days and, you know, we could score in two plays in, in less than right. a minute and we did it routinely. And so time of possession was just was just a number out there. The time of possession in that game the other day was was important. And OSU, again, has has changed. I, I argued with your brother early in the season about, uh, you know, it looks like we were having a tendency to not play as fast with as much tempo. And I've thought over the last 15 years that playing with tempo was a great way for us to mask the fact that we weren't maybe as good as somebody right. else in the offensive line. And I think what we figured out somewhere along the way was this offensive line was going to do a better job of, of being a power football team, a running football team, if you told them definitively, we're running it, not yeah. maybe we're running it, maybe we're passing it. And and as that has developed, you know, uh, he, he was exactly right. Slowing down has been a, a better course of action for this team. And we end up with the football for 15 more minutes. That's an entire quarter wow, worth of, of possessing the football. Uh, then, then oh, you did. Yeah, time of possession was uh, 37 14 to 22 41. And, and that ends up resulting in us having 81 offensive snaps to OU 64. So wow. I thought of, okay. of all of the statistics, maybe, out, maybe outside of turnovers, uh, I thought those two statistics, which again, over the last 15 years have meant yeah. nothing, I thought they meant everything Saturday. 
Wow, I did not know it was 15 minutes. Um, but you're completely right. I think it's it's this new identity we have. And I think um one, I think that has to do with the the losses early on in the season, but two, the criticism from the fans, you and I included, while we were trying to figure out who we were gonna be and what ball club we were gonna be. Um, but you're exactly right. This isn't this isn't the OSU of old. Um, you know, we've we're doing things completely different and it is it is hard to score score if you don't have the ball. So us having it an extra 15 minutes has got to be helpful for sure. I didn't know that stat. I'm glad you said that. Well, it's, yeah. And it, it's particularly helpful too, when you, and this is maybe a good way to kind of segue into talking about things on the defensive side, but you know, we've, we've talked about all season about how many big plays the, the defense has given up and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that unfortunately continued again Saturday. They, Oh, you had, five or six plays in excess of 30 yards, another, you know, 60-yard-plus run uh, for a touchdown, a, uh, a 40-some-yard uh, pass play. So, you know, if you're if you're going to be prone to get torched for, for big scoring plays, uh, big chunk plays, then, then like you said, the, the best defense is the good offense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about that continuity um, between offense and defense early on in the season. Um, so I am I am happy that our offense is, is kind of maybe stepping up in areas that our defense is lacking. And I understand, um, you know, our defense is young, especially in the secondary. And it's I think there's a big learning curve there. Um, but we do continue to struggle with those with those big plays um, on a on a positive. Um, I when we rewatched the game on Sunday, I didn't really know. I noticed him a little bit live on Saturday and I know he's the big 12 defense player of the year or player of the week, but old Benny boy, Xavier Benson can ball out. And he was huge in the game on Saturday. Yeah. Just a tremendous game. Seven solo tackles, three tackles for loss a sack, a quarterback hurry, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. That's a pretty good stat line. And I knew uh, I knew it was big time. Yeah, I knew it was big time um but it was really obvious rewatching it back just how many times, you know, he was he had found himself in the backfield um and he doesn't even he's not even doesn't even lead in uh tackles. Trey Rucker has finishes with eight and then Nicholas Martin ends with six to Ty Benson. Um, so a pretty good effort there, but I do think, um, I think our, we got to be better in our, in the secondary and then we got to find a way to, um, to not let those guys break free on the defensive side of the ball. Cause it just puts so much more, um, pressure on our offense as well. Yeah, the uh, the defense is just you know the, again continuing to give up big plays, and as you you know when you're watching it with the naked eye, you know it just it looks like b- really bad defense at times, uh, particularly you know if if the other team gets the time to throw the football down the field, but um, uh, at the same time you look up and man you know the other team's not not scoring a ton of points, um, uh, too many big plays. Uh, Oklahoma State was terrible on third down. Um, you know, Saturday they uh, if they get off the third uh, get off the field on some of those third and longs, this game might have been won much more comfortably. Uh, now the the upside, the positive side is of it was that we continue to be fantastic on fourth down. I don't even know why you I don't even know why you try to get a, a fourth down against us anymore. We we have uh, apparently. Uh, you know, spend a lot of practice time on those, mm-hmm. you know, fourth and medium, fourth and short situations. 
Um, maybe we need to spend a little more time on third and long, but <laughs> maybe um, I, you know, I was worried. I was worried about this game for a lot of reasons, not, not the least of which was that OU hung half a hundred on Iowa State's three three five, and that's the yep. version of defense that we're most similar to. And you know, uh, OU musters twenty four points against us, so um, somehow, some way, Nardo uh, is, is getting it done, and. Um, you know, he's, he's got an opportunistic defense. I mean, this defense wasn't turning anybody over early in the season, but now they are, you mm-hmm. know, Dylan Smith, uh, one of the young players that you mentioned in the secondary picked up his, you know, second, um, interception and, yep. and you have to give him uh, a, a lot of credit, uh, for a couple things, one for, for, uh, tackling, uh, <laughs> for tackling Drake Stoops in the end zone and not getting the flag. Right. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And, and for making a absolutely tremendous football play on on fourth down when OU for the 9,000th time in the game tried to rub run a rub route a, a pick route an illegal mm-hmm. route whatever you want to call it um and and that happened that happened throughout the game if we're going to get into you know bad calls or no calls but right um he did a great job of coming over the top of that uh attempted rub play yep. and closing on on the uh, football player and I, I don't know whether they determined Drake Stoops caught the ball or not, but it didn't matter because uh, Dylan Smith had him two yards short. Yeah. Um, I think we say this pretty much every week about our defense, and there's things that you, when you're watching it you're really frustrated with, and then you look up at the scoreboard and it, and it doesn't seem as bad as it as it feels. Um, so he is he's finding a way. We'll tip our hats to him. He's finding a way to, to get the job done enough um, for us to come out on top. I guess it'll just be – I guess we'll just have to be stressed out every game on the defensive side of the ball. Otherwise, um, well, we've but... talked about the turnaround of, of this football team, and 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 the biggest turnaround has been in turnovers. You know, the first four games of the season, we were minus three in turnover ratio. Since then, plus eight. Yeah, turnovers are huge, and and we're a huge thing on Saturday. Obviously, um, we're gonna have to have to keep continuing to find ways to to sneak a couple out on the defensive side of the ball um because I think like we've said that turnover battle winning that battle is going to be um crucial every game for us and and you know dad we've we've talked about how emotional Saturday was and what a big win it was for players past present fans past present like everything was just about it was had so much weight behind it um and now we're coming off that high and I, I'll be honest. I'm a little scared about um about UCF and and what they'll what they'll bring. Um, I think we're a way better ball club. That doesn't necessarily mean that we'll, you know, we'll be off the bus ready to play. I think we play a heck of a lot better at home than we do away. Um, so I hope we're ready. Well, it, you know, it, it was a big one, and it'll be a it'll be tough to to get over the the, the hangover of it, no doubt. But I, I thought it was huge. You know, um, look, we've talked a lot about the biggest knock on Mike Gundy's career as an Oklahoma State football head coach has been his performance in Bedlam, and there have been so many times that uh, you, you know they can try to downplay the importance of the rivalry all they want. They have consistently gotten up for this game. And they have brought, uh, sure. you know, they've they've brought it. They've showed up ready to have a fist fight. And there have mm-hmm. been years where we haven't been ready to to match that intensity. Um, and and that was the most encouraging thing to me is we did match that intensity Saturday. Yeah. There wasn't a single guy that was that was uh, afraid or that 
shrunk from the moment or anything. And I thought Mike's attitude was different, you know, even though oh, we didn't have success. Percent. Yeah. Even though there wasn't any success on those fourth down tries, the fact that he tried it, the fact that, that he had a, an appreciation or an understanding for who he was playing and the fact that maybe threes weren't going to be good enough. Right. Um, I, I think, I think you can argue that it was successful, even though we didn't pick anything up because it sent a message to his team that, right. Hey, we're playing this game to win it and, and not to, uh, not to not get beat. And and right. I thought that was huge. And and you mentioned the crowd too. And I look, you and I, and, and we've complained for a long time that even when we've had a, a really good crowd, sometimes they, they file in late, they don't stay till the end. Uh, sometimes they've even sat on their hands a little bit. Um, I don't know what happened at the beginning of this season, but you know, we sold out uh, yep. the, the, the season and, and then, People continued to come even after the tough first four games and people came early and they stayed late and somehow, some way, magically Boone Pickens has become Gallagher Iba. It's become the toughest venue. And, um, and that's just been an incredible transformation, uh, you know, to see. So all of those things were great and they all did con contribute to a really great win. And, and the rest of what you said is right too. It does put you in a situation where now, uh, there, you have to worry about that hangover. You have to worry about getting past mm -hmm. that emotional win and, and get ready to go take business, take care of business on Saturday. It's a long trip. It's a long flight. You got to go all the way to Orlando, Florida, um, the bookies obviously think it's a trap game. Vegas has it anywhere yep. from a half point to, to a three point, uh, narrow favorite for Oklahoma state. So, uh, they obviously feel like it can be a game. Um, but I trust these guys. I, I, I hope this, you know, I'm going to knock on some wood here. I hope it didn't come back to bite me, but please do. Um, I, th I think Alan Bowman and his maturity, um, makes me feel better about this kind of a trip. The kind sure. of uh, fight that you that you get from guys like Nick Martin and Ollie Gordon and and Brennan Presley and and on down the list, you know that that makes me feel better about this kind of a trip. I think this team likes each other. I think they believe sure. in each other. I think they yep. care about each other. And it's and you can see it. I think they have. I think we've got the best relationships going on between coaching staff and and players at this stage than we've had maybe in in a while. It's just. It's got some really good chemistry and I hope they can hold it together and, and finish it out. And you know, what a, what a story it would be, right. For these Cowboys to end up in the, in, in Arlington. Right. And it it would be only fitting for, um for a team who, who struggled early on and then finally got it, got it all to click. Um, And I think we're firing on all cylinders right now. So hopefully we can capitalize on that and go take on UCF um at their house at two thirty kick this saturday um and we it's it's just another must win so we just got to go out there hop off the bus and and take care of business yeah business trip and a lot on the line got to keep it rolling that's right well um dad happy to be bedlam champs forever with you it was fun um <laughs> let's go get let's go get ucf yeah let's 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 go get us another baby uh, yeah, we'll tonight. get a baby first, and, and then, then we'll go, and get, we'll get, get UCF. Yeah, well, it's All right, mad I like it. On Saturday, sounds good. All right, well, that's it for Orange Power Half Hour. Um, we'll see you next week. Go Pokes! Go Pokes!